You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter that you can and should subscribe to. You can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. The Green Bay Packers fell in week one, 38 to three. And we are going to talk about what happened on defense. And we are going to talk about what this offense looked like. But we can't do any of that without talking about the elephant in the room in all of this. And I was floored. No one asked about it post-game. The elephant in the room is Aaron Rodgers because he had statistically one of his worst games ever. He was bad. And he said as much after the game, credit to him, he said, I was bad. I played bad. We played bad. But this is more than that. Because the pressure is more than that. And it is more than that because of the offseason that we just all collectively went through, that Aaron Rodgers went through. This didn't happen to anyone more than it happened to Aaron Rodgers, but it happened about Aaron Rodgers. It didn't just happen to Aaron Rodgers. He is not a helpless victim in all of this. Aaron Rodgers asked for this. Okay, And someone on Twitter asked me, is it fair to wonder how this offseason impacted this game? It is not only fair, it is necessary that we have that discussion. No one asked him. I hope over the, the course of this week, someone does ask him. He invited the scrutiny. He invited the pressure. Him and Devontae Adams making this the last dance. He invited the pressure on this team. And and again, to his credit, he said after the game, we were feeling ourselves a little bit too much and we thought we could probably just come in here, you know, back-to-back NFC Championship games and we could just go out there and do our thing and it would be enough and it wasn't and they got their asses kicked. But Aaron Rodgers told us that he had a great offseason for him. Aaron Rodgers told us he was all in this season. Aaron Rodgers told us he was locked in and ready to go. And training camp told us that Aaron Rodgers was all of those things. He played great in training camp, but he didn't play in the preseason. Whether or not that's a thing, I don't know. That may be another conversation for another day. This all to whom much is given, much is expected. So if you want the pressure, if you want to say, hey, this is me, 
And I want the, I want more responsibility. I want you to bring in Randall Cobb because I think he can make this team better. I want, I want say in the moves. You need to come to me because I'm the face of the franchise. Okay. You want more responsibility? Then you need to take more responsibility. You need to say that I want it and then go out and do it. And so it's not that the Packers only lost because of Aaron Rodgers. That's not true. That's not true. And that's not what I'm saying. The defense was bad. It was bad. You know what else was bad? Aaron Rodgers. He was terrible. Terrible. And this was 2018 Aaron Rodgers. Not even 2019 Aaron Rodgers. This was 2018 Aaron Rodgers. This was, forget the play, I want the shot. This is not the guy that won league MVP last year precisely because he bought into the concepts, he ran the offense, and he trusted his coaches and his teammates to do the thing. Last year wasn't the FU season. This was an FU performance by Aaron Rodgers. This was, I'm going to do it. That's it. That is the explanation. It is the only explanation. You saw it right away. You saw it right away on a couple of their base concepts. Boot action. Supposed to be a dump off to the tight end. If he hits Tunyon right away, he he can catch and run. He wants to go to the backside. He wants the bigger play. He gets to Tunyon late. It's a nothing. Okay. Aaron Jones on a crossing route. Mesh. Easy first down. Conversion. He looks it off. He waits. He waits. He waits. He finally gets it to Aaron Jones, who has no room to maneuver. Quan Alexander makes a great play, but the play's not in rhythm. You're, you're not playing within the offense. The interception, the second interception, is just an arm punt. It is a, I want the hero play. He said the Devontae Adams interception was a hero play. He should have just dumped the ball off to Aaron Jones and played for third down. These are the mistakes Jordan Love was making in a preseason game. Not Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers never makes these mistakes. He never turns the ball over in the red zone. Are you kidding me? This is the most turnover-averse quarterback in league history. That doesn't happen. No one has ever been more productive and avoided turnovers more effectively than Aaron Rodgers. Never, it's never happened. It's never, it's never been done. No one has ever been close. What Rodgers is capable of doing is incredible. He was not incredible in this game. And again, I am not putting all of the blame of this game on Aaron Rodgers. What I am saying is we can't go through this whole offseason where you are going to flame the front office, flame the franchise. I need to be listened to. I need to have a say. I need to be respected. I need a contract extension. No, I need to go out and play. And I need to play better than I did on Sunday. And guess what? Any criticism that comes with the bad play is fair because you asked for it. Because you invited it by saying, I am not getting what I rightly deserve. Okay? You deserve this. I agree, by the way, that you do deserve it. All-time great player. Incredible season last year. And 
you know, is someone that has, has been a transcendent talent in the NFL and for the Green Bay Packers. But these are the moments you can't have when you have this offseason, when you say, I don't need the work. Because guess what? It turns out everyone needs the work. Tom Brady was playing in the preseason. Aaron Rodgers wasn't. Are those correlated? Rodgers says no. Matt LaFleur, not so sure. Matt LaFleur, hey, we need to ask all these questions. We need to be wondering all of this stuff because we go out and put a performance like that out there. We need to ask a lot of questions. We can't just say, well, it happens. Yeah, it does, but it shouldn't. And it shouldn't happen to a team with Super Bowl aspirations. You, We can't have all of the discussions about this is the hungriest team I've been around and these guys are locked in and Adams and Rodgers and the offense and all of this stuff and the, and the defensive players are flying around and Joe Barry and all the energy and the last dance. Enough. Enough. The problem is the drama was invited by the quarterback and with the drama brings the pressure brings the stakes. This very well may be the last season that Aaron Rodgers wears the Green Bay Packer uniform. And this, this is the swan song. This, a pair of interceptions, one of, one of the worst passer ratings ever. I mean, ran into a sack, a, a brutal interception in the red zone, an arm punt from your own end. I mean, there were a number of times in this game where he looked off receivers underneath who were open that would have picked up yardage that he would have thrown the ball to last year to try and hit plays down the field. And this was when the game was still in the balance. This was before the game got completely out of hand. He did not play like 2020 Aaron Rodgers. He played like 2018 Aaron Rodgers, the guy who was pissed off at his coach, who was pissed off at the team, and played hero ball. That's the version of Aaron Rodgers that we got in this game. So, okay, maybe it's just a thing that happened. There's no, there's no correlation to what happened in this offseason. I'm, I'm willing to accept that that is the case. I, I, I'm not saying that it is that these things are definitely correlated. But the, the invitation now to do so is there. The pressure, the pressure is now amplified even more, more than it was before. And it was amplified then. If this truly is the last dance, if this is the last year that they get to go chase a Super Bowl, then this cannot be the level of play from the most important player on the team. And I'm sure, you know, Aaron Rodgers said we're going to have it figured out by next week. I'm not so sure about that. But I trust Aaron Rodgers to get things ironed out to the best of his ability. But you go back to 2018, he never quite got it ironed out. No, he wasn't playing with the same caliber of receivers. 
Um, although some of the names are the same, wasn't playing with the same caliber of offensive play designer. This was a team last year that had the best schemed offense in the league. They had the number one offense, period, production-wise, but they were number one in uh, pass block win rate and run block win rate by ESPN. They were number one in open receiver percentage, number one in wide open receiver percentage. The offense worked, and it worked precisely because Aaron Rodgers trusted it to work and then did some Aaron Rodgers things because he's Aaron Rodgers. Now, part of this was the weirdness in the first half. Part of this was the defense. Part of this was New Orleans. They they played their asses off. Again, none of this is to say this is all Aaron Rodgers' fault. That's what some people will hear, and that's what they want to hear. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this is what Aaron Rodgers asked for. He asked for these moments. He asked for the pressure. He asked for the scrutiny. He asked for the attention. And so here's the attention you ordered. And this is the performance in one of 17 games in the regular season of what could be the last year of your career as a Green Bay Packer. When you think about it that way, it's it's a little depressing. It's a little depressing. Is this who Aaron Rodgers is going to be most of the season? No. No, it won't. It just won't. He's not, you know, 2015 Peyton Manning. And he better not be because this is not the 2015 Broncos defense. We learned that. So we we have way more questions that seem relevant now than we did a week ago, right? If the Packers go out and flip this, yeah, they're a good team. They did what they were supposed to do. I, as, as someone pointed out to me, I'm like 0 for 9 predicting Packers blowouts against decent teams. I, I'm going to stop doing it. I'm not going to stop doing it. Uh, they should they should have played a lot better than they did. We know that. They're capable of playing a lot better. They're capable of playing a lot better. But But we need to see it. And, and obviously, you know, there's there's only so many times that we get to see them. There's only so many opportunities to put it on the field. Matt LaFleur said, we're going to learn a lot about ourselves. We're going to learn who we are after this game. And that's true. And we're going to learn a lot about Aaron Rodgers and his impact on this team because we had these questions coming in. What if things go sideways? What if they lose some games that they shouldn't lose? What if it doesn't all go so smoothly? How does the locker room respond? How does Aaron Rodgers respond? He, Aaron Rodgers has made it so easy now for Mike Florio. He's made it so easy now for Colin Cowherd. He's made it so easy now for the people who want, who live to crush him, to criticize him. To do so, he invited that on himself by raising the stakes, by having the offseason, by going to Hawaii, by trolling us on Instagram. He did that. We didn't do that. He did that. And he's the one that played the way that he did on Sunday. So he allowed us to now ask those questions. In fact, he, in a way, demands that we ask those questions. And, and we, we are going to continue until, you know, the, the, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Well, they just got beat. 
and morale is pretty low. So let's see. Let's see how they respond. Football season is back. Let's make the most of it with a better way to create your custom pool at runyourpool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. Run Your Pool makes it ridiculously easy to run a football pool with friends, family, or office mates. They offer dozens of formats, including Survivor, Pick'em, Squares, Margin, Confidence Pools, 33, and more. Run Your Pool hosts format the NFL for college football, one-week games, full-season playoffs, or the Super Bowl. Unlike other fantasy platforms, Run Your Pool has options and settings to make it your own, and you can even brand your pool for your local business, bar, or restaurant. Reconnect with friends and join nearly 2 million football fans to make every game action-packed this season. All right, let's talk about the defense. What's interesting is you look at the final box score and you go, they only gave up 322 yards. Jameis Winston only had 148 yards passing. They didn't have anyone individually who really beat them in the passing game. Some weird stuff happened. Some weird stuff happened. First couple of series, they get they create pressure with Jameis Winston. They're in man coverage on the back end. Everyone's covered. Jameis Winston takes off and runs. He does, he does the thing in a lot of ways that the Packers are daring him to do. Just don't make mistakes, Jameis. He didn't. He didn't. Who would have thought that in a game between Aaron Rodgers and Jameis Winston, the guy that would have made the most mistakes by far was Aaron Rodgers by far. So the defense, they got a little unlucky in some of these things, right? In some others, it looked bad. It looked bad. Now, I thought Adrian Amos had a great quote after the game. He said, look, if we're going to give up on this defense after one game that we didn't really believe in it to start with, and, and he's not ready to do that. Remember, this is a defense that he knows. This is a defense that he has thrived in in the past, that he believes in clearly. And the guys like Joe Barry. I mean, the biggest thing with a coach is the guys, if the guys are going to buy in, because what you need them to do is be playing 100 miles an hour. The Packers defense, they didn't play 100 miles an hour. They looked tentative. They looked unsure. And those are things that I do think are fixable. I do think experience in the scheme. I do think more time, more preparation, more time playing together in actual football games, which means more tape to break down, more tendencies to discover, more more opportunities to evaluate your own guys. Remember, the Packers defense took off last year in the second half. Now, Mike Pettin had had plenty of opportunities with a lot of these guys. And so that was not enough but I don't think we should panic about the defense after one week. Sean Payton, one of the best coaches in the league, and this is all unscouted, basically. We had no idea what an offense with Jameis Winston was going to look like. We had no idea if Jameis Winston was going to be able to avoid the big mistakes, and by and large, he did. Also, the protection for much of the game was very good for the New Orleans Saints. They opened holes in the running game, not huge holes, but they were getting four, five, six yards carry. You know, they, they go over 150 yards rushing. Part of that is they were up big in the second half, but they were able to get pretty much whatever they wanted. And the Packers had two brutal turnovers. Now, in the first half, the Packers only had three possessions. They would only run 12 plays before the two-minute offense. And... I thought Matt LaFleur made a mistake when he did not call timeout when they got the third down stop. Ultimately, it didn't matter. But they were a shoestring away 
in that instance of getting a stop. Rashawn Gary has Jameis Winston in his grasp. And Adrian Amos doesn't make a great play on the ball. And all of a sudden, it's a touchdown when it could have been the ball the other way. Zadarius Smith gets called for one of the all-time worst roughing the passer penalties that has ever existed. One of the worst penalties I have ever seen. It was textbook defense. He did not hit Jameis high. He did not hit Jameis low. He did not hit Jameis late. And he did not drive Jameis into the ground. I do not like the the roughing the passer. Sam, I am. I do not like them. It was it was terrible. But they didn't do anything else to help overcome it. Now that would have that turned an interception into a touchdown. Green Bay, they finally, finally have an opportunity. You know, could could have still been a game. Who knows? Darnell Savage gets the pick and he gets hurt on that play. Shoulder injury. We don't know how serious that is yet. Hopefully we'll find out today. The defense can play better. We know that, but they can play faster. They can play with more uh, self-confidence, self-assuredness in their responsibilities, in their assignments, playing together. This is a defense that requires a good amount of communication. They need to be able to do that as well. And it seemed like there were times they didn't know what to do out there. They did not know where to be. They did not know where to line up. The, the, the timeout right before on fourth down, it looked like on a, on a different fourth down that that the Saints with two, with two seconds left on the play clock, they were still getting lined up. And so were the Packers, but there was no way they were going to snap the ball in time to run the play. So they were either going to have to burn their timeout or they were going to get called for the lay of game. The Packers burned the timeout and said, these are some operational things that, yeah, maybe a preseason game would help when you have your guys out there. Now, you're not going to show anything in the preseason, but who cares? Having your guys out there and the game operation stuff, I do think that there is some you know fringe benefits to stuff like that. Now, the front did not look good. The Saints dominated up front, and that is with losing Eric McCoy who's a Pro Bowl caliber center. For, for much of this game, the Saints played, you know, they didn't have their starting cornerback too. Um, Marshall Lattimore was in and out, had a pretty significant injury, and still no one could get open. And Aaron Rodgers talked about this. They thought that the Packers, or that the Saints were going to play a, a kind of defense that they didn't. They thought they were going to get a lot of pressure. They played a lot of safe, two-shell, man coverage underneath, and the Packers just didn't run it frequently enough um, or effectively enough. To get them out of that too high against the Saints, that is, you know, you think against the Saints in a normal circumstance, even if they're going to bring pressure, you're going to want to have to run the ball because they're going to play too high. They're going to play quarters. They're going to play cover two. But against the Rams in the playoffs, for example, Green Bay, excellent running the ball. They won the battle up front. Green Bay didn't in this game. Now you're starting Josh Myers. You're starting Royce Newman, two rookies. We're going to finish the show talking about them. This defense... It's not. I don't think it's time to sound the alarm just yet. Sean Payton in week one against an offense that no one has any idea what it's going to look like. You're putting together some new pieces. Guys are playing in new places. Uh, I, I'm I'm not ready to to go crazy on this yet. But Kevin King, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. 
The best defensive play of the game was by Eric Stokes in the one snap of dime that they played. He's got Adam Troutman in man coverage and he gets a PBU. Put the guy on the field. What are we doing? What more do you need to see from Kevin King to tell you what he is? We know what he is. And he's only going to be that. And Rogers invoked this the other day on Pat McAfee's show. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And yet here we are with Kevin King over and over and over and over. I was shocked that they didn't do the Elton Jenkins and get him rotating in there. Shocked, especially with the caliber of receivers that the Saints have. And let me put a bow on it this way with the defensive conversation. Alvin Kamara wasn't like he killed the Packers 4.2 yards a carry. It wasn't like the run game, just the traditional run game was gouging the Packers. They they played decent. Uh, Jameis Winston killed them on some scrambles. I think you can you can find the silver linings with the defensive performances. The Kevin King thing, no. And the defensive front just didn't play well enough. The, the, all the all the the hype uh, with with Kenny Clark, you know, I, I thought he was probably one of the better interior players. We didn't see Kingsley Kiki. We didn't see Dean Lowry. Those guys did not make an impact. Is it time already to start talking about? Okay, T.J. Slayton. He's got to he's got to play more because you have to be able to handle these fronts. They played traditional nickel. They played the bigger fronts, and they still were not able to get the stops that they were able to get. You you hurt yourself when you can't create negatives Then the one negative they had got called back. If it's just going to be four or five yards a, a, a play, every play, and you're not getting any negatives, you're not getting any incompletions, six incompletions in this game, and all the runs are positive, it's okay if you're, if you're offensively just getting four yards a carry if you're not getting a, you know, a three-yard run and a six-yard run. If you're if you're just getting four every time, you can keep your offense moving. You you want to stay away from those zero yard runs, those one yard runs, those two yard runs. Green Bay was not good enough getting some of that stuff locked up. I do think they can do that. And again, I think if you're going to look for the silver lining, it's okay. Week one, weirdness, new uh, new new quarterback, an offense that you just don't know what it's going to look like. But they got beat up front. They got beat up front. And, you know, that that is something that they're going to have to fix moving forward or it's going to be an issue. It's going to be a major issue for them. Today's episode is brought to you by Direct TV. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for that other stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it gives you live TV and on demand all together like you've never seen it before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They've got nine delicious base flavors, coconut, coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There is something for everyone and they're all high in protein, high in fiber, 
low in net carbs and low in sugar, and yet they taste delicious. In terms of food that is actually good for you, I don't want to call it a health food because that has such weighty connotations. As good a tasting a food as you can ask for, go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your first order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. And betting on the Packers doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Let's finish this up here. I know we're we're running long. Uh, a brief word on the offensive line. Aaron Rodgers said after the game, uh, they thought the protection held up. And Matt LaFleur echoed that. He said, for the most part, I thought that the production did a pretty good job. Rodgers admitted that um, he ran into a pressure um, on, on one play, admitted that he gifted them a sack on the bootleg. That was another one where he was late um, and tried to get a little too cute. Overall, you know, there were some there were some bad. There was some good. You're against a front like New Orleans. It's never going to be perfect. They had opportunities. They had opportunities. Now, did the protection break down at times? Yeah, of course. And and that is to be expected against a very good front, Cam Jordan. They got matched up on Royce Newman a couple times, and that was a problem for the Packers. And that's going to be a problem. When you face defenders that are that good, you're, you're going to lose some battles. You're going to lose some battles. The defense gets paid too. You want them to learn from it. Now they have this tape to study, and it's like, okay, on these plays, these are the, the adjustments that you need to make. Aaron Rodgers said one of the things that he loves about Josh Myers is he's an only mistake once guy. He makes a mistake. It gets corrected. He doesn't make it again. The Packers need that because this offensive line, the way that they played, not good enough against the Bucs. Not good enough against the 49ers. They play the 49ers in, in just a couple weeks. They've got to get this locked down a little bit further than it is right now or they are going to have some pretty big issues on their hand, even if they were okay. They were okay. And I think it starts in the run game. It starts in the run game. I think I think the Packers could have played A.J. Dillon more. I think they could have gone to two back sets more. I think they could have gone to multiple tight end sets more. This was a very odd approach for me. They played in almost exclusively 11 personnel. We didn't see the 21, the pony, the pony stuff. We didn't see the 12 personnel and, and then go spread. We didn't see them get as creative with personnel as we'd saw them last year, where they would go 13 and you'd get some hard play action into a deep shot. This looked more like the 2019 offense. Now, part of that was they were behind right away, but I, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't know if what they did with the offense was, you know, try and cater to some of the, the stuff that Aaron Rodgers wants to run, which means doing more of the 2019 stuff. I don't know why they would do that because the 2020 stuff was a lot better. But it this did not feel like the offense we watched last year at any point. Not, not, not even just from an effectiveness or a productivity standpoint, but from a, an approach standpoint, from a schematic standpoint. And that's the part that I think is is really bizarre that they're going to have to get figured out. They need to get back to their identity, which is Matt LaFleur's identity. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. We've got Expert Tuesday. We've got Zayu doing on Wednesday. Crossover Thursday with our friend Matt Derry uh, from Locked On Lions to get you set for a game that the Packers are are double-digit favorites in, the opening line. Uh, so, you know, they, they're, they're well over a touchdown. So... 
they're expected to win this game too. Sorry that I'm going to predict that they win and win big because they should. The Lions made a they made a game effort against the 49ers to come back. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. Subscribe to The Leap. Our Monday newsletter is free, so go check that out right now. Of course, you can subscribe to our weekly stuff all through the week for a, a nominal fee. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920 341-3775 to stay locked on Packers.